This is Trav Johnson with the Access the Story podcast, discovering more about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. You can follow us at accessthestory.com or you can follow me at travjohnson.com. The last time we rocked up there, she was like, so this is really weird. I think your God might be real because my dog's still alive. My cancer is gone and my family's talking oh, to me oh, and I'm goodness. shutting down the brothel and oh. I'm studying aged care and oh, I'm starting a new career. I should have been the manager of that brothel for like 20 years. Wow. So it was huge. Yeah. It had nothing to do with us, everything yeah. to do with God. Now, this is such a great conversation, so much so that we've cut it into two to keep it punchy and we didn't want you to miss out on any of it. When we had Beck Sellers tell her story, she shared how Davern Park was her Calcutta. So in this conversation, Beck unpacks the story of how she initiated the youth outreach community in her neighbourhood, how she has seen God bring light into the darkness. I have Beck here with me again. Now, one of the things I like to do in inviting a guest to just to talk together is ask them something that they're passionate about. Now, Beck, you... Um, gave me this sentence that, uh, I don't know, we need to unpack a little bit. Mm-hmm. You've said um, that you'd love to talk about seeing kingdom, God's kingdom breaking through in dark places. Yes. That's what you've that said. That is what I said. And, it's a um, big statement, isn't it? <laughs> but one of the things that I love about that statement is that, well, there's two things that I think are worthwhile unpacking. One is this idea of dark places. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, whenever I think about evil and darkness, uh, the reality is darkness only exists because light isn't there. Mm. So there's a sense where mm. evil or darkness isn't really a thing. It's only become something because you know light has been removed, mm-hmm. goodness has been removed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I love the thought of um, what it looks like or unpacking this idea of what it looks like for you to be bringing light into darkness. And we talked mm-hmm. last time about your Calcutta and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the area you live in and, and everything like that. So um, I, I love that thought. And mm. I'd love to, um, I guess, hear from you a little bit as I, you know, kind of tease that out of you, if mm-hmm. that's all right. Yes, it is um, okay. And the other idea is God's kingdom. And um, one of the things, uh, like in, in my past, I've always thought about God's kingdom as something that's out there, something we're going towards. It's heaven in the, mm. in the future. Um, but it's also something that's a reality now, like it's emerging mm. through our lives now and around us now and so it's been helpful for me to think about uh, God's kingdom as um, I guess the the places and the moments where he rules uh, where his reign Mm. um, is noticed that we live under um, his authority rather than other authorities that are kind of pulling at us Um, and it's so refreshing to see that happen in other people's lives Mm. sometimes it's through things that we do sometimes it's in spite of us and we get to see it. Mm. Um, and I know you've got some great stories about that. We shall see. <laughs> um, uh, there's a verse in Scripture uh, in John chapter 8 that uh, came to mind when I was thinking about this as we prepped, and it's Jesus saying, I am the light that shines through the cosmos. If you walk with me, you will thrive in the nourishing light that gives life and will not know darkness. So if he said, if you walk with me, you will thrive in the nourishing light that gives life and will not know darkness. Now, I know that darkness is often something that we um, we see and that we uh, recognise in the world around us, um, but Jesus' invitation is for us to experience his light even in the midst of that darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and when That's I good. talk to you, there's <clears throat> like there's elements mm. uh, of, uh, of that 
ringing true. Um, I love that it uses the word nourish. I yeah. think that's a more understanding word yeah. these days, and that's yep. a whole picture. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So tell us a bit about um, what's uh, tell us a bit about your pursuit or your your mm-hmm. journey in regards to seeing God's kingdom break into mm-hmm. the darkness. And we've we've also and, and you've introduced us to this idea again of of uh, before of your of your cow cutter. Yeah. Um, what's been your your journey with that? Mm. Oh. Well, I've, I talked about it a little bit before, but I think the moment where I felt like I knew Davon Park was my Calcutta, and I thought it would happen there and then, like, all right, let's go serve Davon Park. Were you then? I was 15. Yeah, right. Yep. So I was a brat, yeah. <laughs> and I thought I knew everything. Yeah. I tried to start like a youth drop in, in Davon Park when I was like 15, 16, and it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yep. And I had no idea about what life was really like for young people in Davon Park, being mm. a young, even though I was a local young person, I was still quite sheltered world anyway it was a rude learning curve um and i knew i needed to really grow and learn some things before i could come back um and so i got involved in a a local church's youth ministry for like four years and that was in elizabeth and Mm -hmm. um that was a really good experience and i learned a lot and it was sort of a combination of two worlds of um, people from really challenging backgrounds, people that grew up in the church and had similar experiences to me. So that was yeah. probably my first exposure in a sense of being like, okay, what does this look like? Yeah. Um, but I knew that I had to learn. So I went and moved to the other side of the city. I'm like, I need to get away from the north. Mm-hmm. I need to understand how the rest of the world is or just in South Australia. It's obviously yeah. very limited. Yeah. And all the different I knew there was lots of different groups and people that are doing this stuff I wanted to learn from it and so I, I volunteered a lot in a lot of different places I did stuff on Highley Street yep. um, just learning about that and what happens on there being a support person I got quite involved with a um, Christian ministry working people with addiction um, and that was really eye-opening to me and mm. the people I was working with were also the same age as me in the program. So and you were so, about 19, 20? Well, that was time? when I was about 21. 21, yeah. Sorry, yep. I jumped ahead a bit. That's right. But um, that was very confronting for me because mm. like these people had very different circumstances to me but – um, they just wanted to be free from their addiction and mm. they wanted to know God and I had the most beautiful, encouraging faith I've seen in people and mature, like such maturity because they've seen such a drastic other side of what life can bring. Mm. Um, so that was very formational for me, probably in a different way to the other spaces that I've been part of. So I was involved in the... Um, ministry in the sex industry mm. like I said before and that was like I went to well like I said with the first one and I was so scared and I thought I am not cut out for this at all and I went on to become like a team leader and run outreaches and yeah. stuff and I just thought I'd never ever see the day where that would happen anyway I'm, I just remember one of the um play brothels we went to became friends with the manager and she um didn't really want to buy of us kind of like I was like, hi, and bye. And then she told us she got diagnosed with cancer. She came oh, in, wow. she pulled us in. I was like, I think I need you to pray for me. All this, her dog was dying, her family had cut her off, and she had cancer. Anyway, 
and she, it was possibly terminal. And so we just went there and for over six months we just kept praying with her and giving her things. But she wasn't really interested in anything. Anyway, and then the last time we rocked up there, she was like, so this is really weird. I think your God might be real because my dog's still alive. My cancer is gone and my family's oh. talking to me oh, and I'm goodness. shutting down the brothel and oh. I'm studying aged care and <laughs> I'm starting a new career. And she'd been the manager of the brothel for like 20 years. Wow. So it was huge. Yeah. It had nothing to do with us, everything yeah. to do with God. But there's been so many stories like that where you're like, wow, yeah. like, this exists. And just being open and available to what God might want to do. Yeah can make the biggest difference in people's life. Whoever yeah. I mean, God's going to do what he's going to do, he's going to yeah. use anyone. But to place ourselves in positions to be used. Yeah. So I remember we used to do a lot of stuff on the streets as well, which can be quite dangerous yeah. and unsafe. Um, and you just have the most incredible encounters and sometimes pull over to give out um, some gifts to some women on the street and they'd be like, you just came at the perfect time. This person yeah. was, I thought they were going to like, attack me or yeah. blah, 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 thank you. Or there was one time where I, um, <clears throat> I, we were watching this pimp, like pimp out a, wom- a woman and we were, I was, we were feeling really angry towards this man. We were like, oh, it's just like the devil. Yeah. Anyway, and then he started walking towards us and we are like, all right, feel convicted. We did like pray for him, not for the woman. Yes. And then he came up to us and he looked like a really angry man. And then his face changed. The, the person that comes like, can we pray for you? Yes. And his face changed to like being like a little boy and he just started crying. Wow. It was like my life. Yeah. Uh, like I don't want to live like this, blah, mm. blah, blah. Anyway, went on that kind of thing. So those experiences, continuing to see that over and over again. Yeah. Um, and getting like I went overseas a few times to tr- learn from different cultures in yep. Cambodia and Africa and to the Aboriginal communities. Mm-hmm. Um, did quite a bit with young people from the APY and trying to understand like spirituality, yeah, all of those kind of things to then go and learn and be in Davra Park or in the north, yeah. But it was really emotionally hard for. Because I was away from Durban Park for, I think, four years on this, like, learning journey. And mm. I was studying um, youth work and Bible sure. college stuff and yep. um, doing other things. But um, I found I just wanted to go back. And every time, because my family lived there, every time I went to go visit them, like, I felt like my body was on fire. It was a very weird experience because like, I just felt such a longing yeah. to be there. But I knew it wasn't God's timing yeah. in that. Anyway, so then I had a I had a good full time job in youth work in the city, um, and it was it was a good experience. But then I was like, God, like I just want to be back there. Like I know I feel like I'm ready and ready to go, and that my job had just offered me permanency in the role. And then I got a phone call from someone saying if I wanted to do two days a week in the north working with kids out of parent in prison yep. with second chances. Yeah. And. Um, I was like, I kind of had the chat, I was like, is this my stepping so back? But it isn't what naturally, like it leaves a whole lot of time open to what does that look like? Anyway, I took the plunge and went with it and then it just opened up the floodgates. The long weekend calls out to us. Busy roads, barbecues, speedboats, sunscreen. The story we're living seems so far removed from the story this weekend commemorates. We know the challenge in schools, churches, or even on the family getaway. Unless we create the opportunity to gather around it, the power of the Easter story is swallowed up by the four-day weekend. That's why we've developed Crushed, an interactive story pack that will enable your group to experience the story afresh. 
Over 45 minutes, you will journey your group through the five scenes provided and then see how the Easter story might shape your long weekend. Go to accessastory.com, click on the banner, and we'll send you this free story pack. That's accessastory.com. Beck just told us the floodgates opened. Hear what she means by that. Talk to me about the floodgates. So what I'm hearing from yeah. you is there's just all these. So there's this period of training at, at yeah. college, and uh, you're, you're working part time as, as yeah. well. There's all these threads of experiences um, mm. through um, uh, working uh, amongst sex workers, um, uh, through working amongst those who are addicted to yeah. substances, um, uh, you know, going overseas. There's all these different things mm. that it, it, and there's a sense where um, they're like threads that have come together mm. uh, to, I don't know, uh, inspire you or equip you mm. uh, for what you've called your your cow cutter. So mm. you've had this you know, sense of vision back when you were 15. There's been yeah. a number of years now um, and you know, think the, the floodgates opened when you, yeah. you made this decision not to take the full-time job, yeah. which was nice and cushy, yeah. but to take the part-time job and back. Permanency. And, and permanency. And yeah. permanency. Uh, but to take the, the part-time job yeah. back in the north um, in your homeland. Yeah, really? I moved back home with my parents. Okay. <laughs> that was another. It must have been. It must have been God's call. Yeah, my parents were very happy. Yeah, So I guess my yeah. question is, what do you mean by the floodgates opened? What happened? It just was like when we knew it was time, and mm. so I was just working. Started working in this job. I'll just see how it goes, and then was meeting with an older lady who was like a. In, the north and she was like a prayer warrior she's like we're gonna meet and we're gonna pray mm. and we're reading the verse like the harvest is ready plentiful the workers are few yeah. we're just praying like god bring the workers so that at the time i didn't like i knew people in the north but there was still like through all my time of this pursuit of um learning about what does light look like in the darkness i had and I talk about Davenport all the time. I was yet to meet anyone that really wanted to go there mm. and be part of that story. So I was like, I'm still, I felt alone. I knew I wasn't, but in particular of what I felt like God had called me to. And so that was still in this period of time when I got the job. And so I met with this lady and we just kept praying, like, God, bring the workers, bring the workers. We don't know what we're doing. We just want to love these people. And so in that time, then all I did was hang out at the church at Dovran Park and noticed that um, there was heaps of young people hanging around at that time. Like they yeah. wouldn't be part of the church gathering, yeah. but they would just get into punch-ups like weekly. I remember yeah. one time one of the kids was taking communion around um, serving in the church yeah. and then he heard that someone that he hated was outside and he's like, I'm just going to finish com- serving communion and I'm going to bash that, wow. insert a rude word. Yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah. It was just a very real experience. Like, uh. oh, got to do that. And then he smacked him on the back of the head with a Bible and it was yeah. all took Far Bible out. bashing to a to new turn, a whole new level. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, do I really want to be yeah. here? Is this what's happening? Anyway, so then I just got to know the families, know their stories and that realized after all these years of pursuing this thing i did i have any any understanding much of what life was like for people that grew up with trauma in a longevity level because the stuff i had been involved in and it was really good it was all kind of short-term stuff whereas this i was like i'm committing so to sit in someone's story for the long term is so much harder than popping in saying hi and pray Mm -hmm. for them about their cancer but not yeah being with them through that whole time. So the challenge 
imagining that yeah. the challenge wasn't so much whether God could show up or not, yeah. because you'd seen that He that He yeah. has yeah. like a number of times mm. with the different experiences yeah. that you've had. The challenge was more about actually I'm placing myself in the midst of these stories yeah. long term, yeah. uh, and there might be breakthrough, but there's also a whole mm. lot of a lot of hard stuff yeah. that that people are experiencing. So true. And yeah. I remember I stumbled onto I knew one of the kids at this house. It was kind of like a dope house. I don't really know how would. They weren't up to much good. They weren't at school. And there was maybe eight kids staying there at the time. Mm. And so I would just go hang out, try and take them to youth group and mm. to different things in the area, but um, wasn't necessarily a safe place for them. They didn't feel comfortable. So I would just hang out with them on their front porch and would drink frozen coats and offer me weed and I'd be like, no, thank you. Yeah. But we would just hang out and talk. And then they would... At first they were really like rough and hard. I'm not talking to you, you weird person. Mm. But the the walls came down and they shared about their lives and it and I'm still know them and friends with them now today. But just those moments in the early days of understanding their story, why things got to that point yeah. for them, why they're having to smoke weed all day and yeah. can't go to school and like their families disown them and all this stuff. Mm. Um, and I also was open to the fact of how many kids are in that situation in that area and also because I worked in emergency care so for kids that have been removed from in the foster care system but I realised um, there's so many kids that aren't in the foster care system that maybe for different reasons aren't but have quite difficult circumstances and what I've heard someone call them like the invisible children so mm. there's like a lot of children that are just couch surfing no one really knows where they are or has a lot to do with them. Mm. And so that just really captured my heart. Like, God, like, this is, it's the relationship with them. Over mm. Initially, I was like, I'm going to have run all these programs and it's going to be amazing. But there was no people to run them with, which I think was going to be like, get to know people. Yep. Don't come rushing with your ideas because you've done all these yeah. experiences. Yeah. Like, learn from what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was probably about a year of that, just getting to know people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then just opportunities started arising. So some people started getting interested. I was going part of another church in the city. Yeah. And I kept talking to them about, like, this is what my heart is for. I feel like God has given me this, but I just don't know what it looks like. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. They are like, eventually, like, well, just, you know, what do you need? And I said, Sunday nights. There's all these kids hanging out and they just need some people to hang out with them, maybe yeah. get them involved in something positive. Yeah. And so we subletted the community centre down the road um, from another group and we just opened the doors. And so some people from my church in the city were like, we'll just send some people to hang out and help you. And then that's when it all kind of started. At the first one we ever read, there was a kid inside who he was pretty rough. He kept bringing, like, weapons, which wasn't good, but... There was a group of kids that wanted to bash him, so they were waiting outside the youth centre with poles. We had no idea what yeah. was happening. We just thought, oh, we'll just play Udo with yeah. these kids. And they were ready to smash him up, yeah. and we didn't. We weren't really equipped for that situation. And then, uh, so after that night, after we worked all out and got everyone safe, we like, what are we doing? Like, is yeah. this really what we're cut out for? Yeah. Like, we don't know what's in this situation. Well, that's the end of part one of this conversation, and it's just the beginning of the story. 
In part two of this chat, we'll hear how Beck's observing the fruit of the investment she and her team have been making. You've been with Trav Johnson on the Access to Story podcast, discovering more about faith formation, culture, and the story of God. Remember, follow us on accessthestory.com, or you can catch up with me on travjohnson.com.